Welcome to this week's Bindo with Robert Hollinshead. And today we're kind of going to go back to what we were doing. And Bob's going to kind of take us through, hopefully, Bob, talking about service lane acquisition, why to do it and how to do it. And, you know, a game plan going forward for dealerships uh, in order to acquire these cars that are that are coming right onto their lot and uh, hopefully uh, turning into a double sale on them. Yeah, the opportunities are amazing. And the platforms that, you know, some progressive folks have been using are not quite as flexible as what I believe our alternative is. And, um, you know, I noticed that there's a few folks on this call that have been, you know, AccuTrade users for quite some time and that are extremely, um, I would say, progressive dealers um, that when we start to look at the alternative, alternative use cases of our tool, the transparencies that are um, brought to um, the, let's call it reality. Last week we had uh, um, Keith McCord from, from Vintel on, right? So part of what this concept of, you know, exaggerating uh, the ability to buy opportunities. So it might not be a, a buying a retail opportunity, it's buying a wholesale opportunity, but does it make any difference? No, of course it doesn't. Your bank account doesn't understand if it was a wholesale or a retail opportunity. So in your service department, you have a broken down ultimate, which you have no intention of retailing, but when you put it through the tool and through Vintel, it says that it, it has a catalyst issue with a, a EGR valve. And we're saying that we insure $1,200 to the consumer. So in other words, now we have an opportunity to buy a car for 1200 What happens with that car? Well, some folks on here actually are using uh, platforms like, uh, you know, um, um, let's call it ACV or possibly uh, um, Backlot or possibly uh, their own uh, um, um, auction possibilities, right? If, if, if I see a couple of folks on here actually have their own uh, uh, in-house auctions. Well, you know, what we've known about wholesale since the beginning of time, the more you disclose, the more car brings. The less you ask, the more you get. And as a result, when you're actually acquiring a car from a consumer, the platform with the Vintel shows clearly what the issue is and what the associated diminutive value is to that. So you're talking with complete and absolute rationality to a consumer so they can feel good about getting less for their car. They can feel really good about it, actually, because when you actually break it down, uh, it has undercarriage rust. It has a, um, you know, the whatever, the seatbelt is malfunctioning, et cetera, right? These are issues that if you're going to resell it, obviously they have to be repaired. Um, and if the consumer already knows the issues there, all we're doing is highlighting it and showing what the associated cost and therefore the, 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 the decrease in offer for their car is. Now, what happens instantaneously with those cars is you can shove them to a marketplace where you really will get aggregated eyeballs looking at that unit to increase the value of that vehicle, right? So if you got, you know, tomorrow in, in, in Mannheim, we'll have 2,200 dealers logged into our lanes. With various levels of critical mass, obviously you have the best possibility of getting actual cash value for that vehicle in those 15 seconds. So if you're using other platforms, your own, um, um, you know, an ACV, for instance, um, the probability of being able to advance that vehicle that you, that you sourced without moving, without any buyer's fee, without any doing anything other than Vindicode and taking the pictures and presenting it to the consumer 
It's next generation automotive masterminds. It's next generation auto alert. And you're in complete control, and it doesn't cost you 6000 a month uh, uh, to actually uh, enable it. Um, you got to think about it, right? There's a lot of folks. The disconnect between the service department and the sales department is is epic. I mean, if anybody can found, uh, has found a way to to make that communication and you know uh, the the ability to know who's in the service part in the day and who sold that car and if the salesperson's still there, would they like to know how much that car is? So they could reach out, make an opportunity, sell them another car. You're selling a Maserati, and there's a, some sort of a program that factories giving you back eighty million dollars to sell a new car. Why in the world would you let a customer out of the service department without making them an offer they can't refuse? It's only because of the disconnect, the picket fence, let's call it, of you know that location. It's the lack of communication and a platform that enables that communication between someone Vindicode and a car. Um, you know, as they uh, uh, write the RO, right, plugging in prior to the vehicle going into the service department. Right, we already know that it has X, Y, and Z wrong with the car. Of course, the Snap-on OBD will tell us that, but we already know that, and now it's already inside of AccuTrade. In perpetuity, becomes part of the the uh, irrevocable DNA of that VIN. Now, you can fix the EGR valve. You can fix a, a catalyst default. You can fix that. And when you put plug it back in, it'll it'll report exactly that way. It's no longer an issue. But while it is an issue, enabling the dealer a a uh, let's call it a a progressive uh, uh, person that understands the simple fact of life, no matter what kind of dealer you are, when there's an opportunity to overlook it, is is I I think could only be deemed as um, ignorance. There's no reason to overlook it if you're able to acquire and immediately remarket something for an advanced price. You have no downside because AccuTrade actually has your back. And on your front, we enable that to turn out to be a significant uh, income source with really next to no uh, further action. Does that make sense to you, Shawnee? Um, uh, uh, we find that dealers that are actually using our platform uh, have less, and with the OBD, actually the salesperson has less ability to come back to the management or to the desk and say, we need another 20000 to trade a car. Well, if you have all the information there and you can see that the car has 14 different items that are, they have to be repaired before you. Uh, uh, put them on the front line if you're going to keep the car. There's no question about that, right? You put it in the shop, they're going to tell you the problems already exist that now you already know exist. So the question becomes, do you leverage that to your benefit when you're trading the car? And can the salesperson talk themselves around why they need another 1200 to trade the car when it really isn't worth it? Consumer already knows that it's not worth it because you've revealed their, you've, re- you've revealed their EKG, their electronic health of the vehicle, and it's sitting inside the platform that's valuing the car, right? That opportunity, unless you don't have any service department at all, a diff- different story, but anybody with a service department, uh, from certainly my perspective and the experience I'm watching dealers uh, uh, take advantage of, um, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like ignoring a, an entire a department in your dealership. It's just not a symmetrical department. It's an asymmetrical department because it hasn't it hasn't really existed previously. 
there's no downside to it. Doesn't it doesn't cost anything other than a person that's actually going to um, um, actually uh, you know plug it in and uh, walk around the car, take the pictures to create a phenomenal story to communicate with the consumer. What we've seen through this COVID thing is like you know everybody's in a panic to buy cars from people, right? So CarMax has known this since the beginning of time. We've known it for 50 years buying cars out of the newspaper when we were children, right? So it's the best place in the world to buy a car, right? So the second but next best place is, of course, you're going to trade a car as a car you're going to keep. The third best place to buy a car is a car that's already sitting on your property. You follow me? In other words, it's already there. Uh, allowing that car to leave without making some sort of an attempt to uh, quantify and qualify that car to understand who you're going to have communicate with the consumer for an opportunity potentially just to sell it. You got no junk. It's in there. It has a $3,600 repair bill. Do you want to not buy that car? No, I want to buy that car for sure. Because Sean, I hate to say this to you. That's already what's going to the great Northern auto auction today. A car that flunked the shop. You follow me? Uh, and in this case with intent, we already know what the car is. We bought it for what it's worth. And now we're going to press it to an arbitrage market it, with an auctioneer counting a car down, understanding exactly what it is. You follow me? Um, Sean, you, you own an auction. Your family's been in the auction business forever. Uh, isn't that a car that's coming to your auction today? And who's there buying it? There are people that absolutely understand what they're buying and the challenges that surround it. But the opportunity to make a profit when you take it back and bring it to the next level, do a little recon to it, and uh, find your own uh, uh, best end use of that vehicle. Am I wrong about that, Sean? No, 100% correct. And then, yeah, so the disconnect between the sales and the service department um, and Bridging it's epic. That. It's epic, Sean. Yeah. It's epic. It's epic. If there's a car dealer on this call and says, oh, no, you're crazy, Bob. We have the greatest relationship in the world with our service department. Uh, we never have a, a, a confusion in terms of how much the car is going to take to get it on the front line. That's never happened to us. No, uh, I'm sorry. That That's not the case, number one. Number two, there has never been a salesperson that doesn't work hard, even though he doesn't act like he's working hard, to get the consumer more money for the trade so they can put a scratch on the board and get their $150 commission, $280 commission. Their concern is not about how much that car gets circled for and comes into inventory. It's to their benefit, actually, ultimately to their detriment. But when they're thinking about their instant gratification, that's putting a scratch on the board, brother. You follow me? They don't care if they press another 18 bucks uh, uh, to, to, to trade that car. In this instance, when it's very clearly, um, let's say, um, um, in a platform, everyone can see uh, exactly what it is uh, and why it is that way. It makes overcoming that by saying, no, no, boss, the dealer next door, uh, you know, it, he, he gave 30 grand more for the car. You're crazy. He's walking. You want me to let him? Well, you, should I let him walk, boss? Uh, yeah, so the dealer next door doesn't know that it has an ABS, and it's going to cost them three grand to get it out of the shop, right? Is that what we're saying? No. That clarity and that, let's call it that transparency, I hate that word because everybody uses transparency. That transparency is, is something that's very difficult to over-talk. You, you see, um, it's a, I think it's an opportunity extraordinaire uh, in this world that we have of asymmetrical acquisition and what you're going to do to find cars. Yeah. Yeah.
I think we got somebody who should maybe go on mute. I, I, I know I don't have nothing good to say, but it might be hard for somebody else to pay attention. Yeah, I think somebody, uh, you got some radio on in the background or you're on a call, just uh, mute up. I, I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Thank you. I think it's done. And now I got nothing else to say anything. <laughs> so, what uh, else, Sean? So run me through this. So uh, you're taking the, the vehicle on a pra- uh, on appraisal. You have a common problem mm-hmm. list. Are you giving the heads up to the um, service department? Yeah, to check absolutely. Uh, well, the service department has a snap-on device, correct? I mean, that's the, the, the standard yes. of the world. Anybody knows that. It just so happens that the OBD that we chose to partner with, not partner, to enable our tool to reveal it's as close as a one-to-one relationship to a snap-on that exists. So everybody says they like blue this and they like the other one that, and it costs this and it does that, right? Well, it does, and it's good. There are other OBDs that are good. They're just not quite as good as this one. And this one happens to be NAAA rated. So NAAA is the National Auto Auction Association. And what we're doing at this moment, we have a just about finished uh, um, where we are actually mapping issues directly to the uh, the condition report of AccuTrade that are arbitratable items. So if it's an item that turns out to be arbitratable, you're going to bring it to the block and you're going to sell the car and it's going to go into post-sale inspection unless you're selling it as is uh, and come out to be a post-sale prevention because you didn't know what you had before you tried to sell it or before, before you tried to trade it. Or after you traded it, the snap-on went in, and we found out that it had 42 issues, and the car is unsellable, and therefore you're going to wholesale it, and now you're going to take it to the auction. And that's the reason why most dealers sell everything as is, because it's an absolute, when I say most dealers, dealers that are selling their slugs, dealer groups that have lanes and auctions, that sell their absolute hogs, that's the reason they're doing it. The difference here is it's the transparency before you weld yourself to know. So now it's going into service. Imagine that you have a, a, you know, you're a little higher line dealer and you're picking up and dropping off in service. You guessed it. What would we be doing? We would be doing the OBD while they're picking it up and dragging that hog into the shop. And by doing that, Ahead of the car even getting into the shop, we already know what's wrong with it. If we already know what's wrong with it, that opportunity being put onto in that dealership, who would be handling that lead? If we already know before the service department knows what's wrong with the car, and we also know what the value of that car is, we could be thinking, gee whizlickers, we sold this car used two years ago. We happen to have a stair step on Nissans at the moment. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you could sell a new Nissan for 10 cents a year, right? Okay. Now we have an opportunity to pull this the person out of the car and have a logical conversation about how their monthly payment's going to go to 11 cents a month, and you can drive home in a new car. Forget servicing your, your used one. Now, the fact that the car is challenged in many different ways, well, geez, Bob, what do we do with that? I know exactly what to do with it. We're going to sell it. If you happen to be, you know, uh, a backlot centric, put it on backlot. That car's making money. You don't have any downside because we back the downside. Remember, we got your back. Your marketplace can have your front. If it happens to be a hundred thousand dollar whatever, we also got your back on that car. And if you want to press it to our lanes, you can do that. Okay, so well, we can hold solos kind of cars in X Y Z auction. Not a problem. We do. And, you know, as a result, uh, you have an exit strategy. If you have seven of something, 
And even though that's your brand, you don't want eight, nine, and 10. That doesn't mean you pass the opportunity. The opportunity exists to enable yourself to absorb, you know, buy that hamburger and press it to market. See, the, the, the concept of, you know, limits and inventory and what you do and how you do it and all the rest of it, these are self, uh, I would call it, um, these are self-restricting uh, um, limitations, right? They're restricted because of the circumstances of your, you know, the, 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 the DNA of your dealership and how you do it and what you do and so forth, right? This actually opens up, I think, a little bit of... And it's not just potential. It opens up the uh, possibility of actually going a little deeper and really wringing out all the juice out of the orange when somebody's landing at your dealership, right? Um, there's no downside. There's no additional cost. There's a little more in terms of process, but that process is multi-beneficial. Um, it's not just to find that car in the service department. It's now you got a process in the dealership to appraise a car with no downside, with insurance, of course, and with total clarity between a buyer and a seller, a, a, a trading person and a buyer, a salesperson who's your mouthpiece talking to a consumer. When we can modify what comes out of their mouths without modifying what comes out of their mouth because the platform does it, you don't have to say, geez, folks, I see you were in an accident. I hope nobody was hurt. No, that is a typical car dealer, sarcastic thing that goes directly like a cattle prod up the rear end of the consumer. That's bad communication. But when we're already highlighting that it's a $2,300 deduction on this $28,000 E-Class Mercedes, it's really clear. It's really honestly clear. The, the yuppie that's going to buy that car retail is not buying that car with their eyes closed to the history of the car. If it's been in an accident, it's worth less money. If someone says that it's not because God did the, rep the, the repairs on the car, they also are covering the sun with their thumb and denying that the sun's out today. It's untrue. A car that's been in a wreck is worth less than one that's not. A car that has equipment is worth more than one that doesn't have it. Our platform enables all of these various facts to instantly be implanted in a platform to discover to the consumer, more importantly to the salesperson, so they stop come bouncing up out of the chair 13 seconds after they sit down because they're best friends for life with the consumer because while the car was being appraised, you know, we both have children in junior high school. So my God, we, we're almost brother and sister at this point. How in the world are you going to be able to tell them what their car is really worth without a platform to show X, Y, and Z? The color is this. The option is that. The history is this. You currently have this dent or that dent. You previously had a quarter paddle hung on the junk. Ma'am, you see? And as a result, you don't even have to say it because if you do the appraisal of the way we've built it, um, it's saying it for you. So you remain the nicest best friend for life you ever seen in your life. And now they have exactly what they want. Total transparency, rationality, uh, from a third party, by the way, if you'd like to be a third party, we'll be the third party. You want to brand it your way. You can brand it your way. Um, um, and more importantly, inside the operational circumstance, every single dealership in, the, in Canada and the United States today have a minimum of 30 cars sitting in their service department going through. Some have 100. Some have 200. Nobody. Nobody. There's a few dealerships that are doing it. We, 
we're watching the success they're having with it. Nobody actually goes out. Vindicoach takes pictures of all the negative things around that car and now enables someone inside the showroom. So that's the, the let's call it the, you know, the, the two soup cans with a line tied between them to be able to communicate one to the other, hold it tight. We'll, we'll be able to hear what I'm saying. Right. In other words, now you can actually hear and see without hearing and seeing what's in the service department and who the salesperson was that sold the car. If they're still at the dealership, let's follow that lead with those folks. Cause you already have a best friends for life relationship with them. If that salesperson went somewhere else, we're going to definitely give that lead to someone who has the inclination, the capability of saying, mm, let's see what this looks like. And can we trade this car for this amount of money or can we just buy it straight? Right. That little bit of an antenna to catch the information. It's a, I would say there's just about every dealership has that ability. The question becomes, you know, putting the process in place to enable that ability to say, gee, Whistlickers, look what we bought three cars today. <laughs> One's for retail, two are going to the block. Uh, call, call those folks at ACV, get their ass over here. Let's get that car up and let's get her sold tomorrow. You follow me? Or send that car down to Shawnee's auction. He's, he'll send drivers out to pick her up. Um, and uh, off we go. Their car's going to the block. Um, 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 I think, if I'm not mistaken, it it is it kind of like fills, it kind of like enables a gap that it's easy to overlook because there has never been a platform that is seconds away from understanding value, health, and the idea of which direction we're going with that hamburger before we start. You see what I'm saying to you, Sean, and folks? It's uh, yes. Oh, I got a I got a question though. These uh, mm -hmm. slugs or hogs that you're sending off to wholesale, um, mm -hmm. I've heard and I've read the studies. You know, for every dollar you spend recon, you get what a dollar fifty back or whatever. Shoney, you're slapping the money, and I absolutely a thousand percent. So a, a thousand percent. It's how we've built value in vehicles that to one man's trash is another man's treasure. I mean, we, we've been doing that honestly for, and not that anybody gives a rat's rear end for 50 years. It's taken a car to the next level. Every car can be brought to the next level. So uh, you have to use smart, intelligent recon to understand what makes a car that somebody was sick of it. They tr traded it in. It's got vomit in the back seat. And the, the McDonald's things are tied to the rear view mirror. In other words, just total junk. Never, never acided the wheels. It's got rust coming off the, the, the rotors that have oxidized the front wheels. It takes three seconds to acid those wheels and bring it to the next level. It takes two seconds to actually do this, this, and this. And what you're doing is trading it to be, I shouldn't use those terms uh, so freely, the hog and so forth. The $4,000 car is not a hog. It's, it's, it's a car that could be mileage challenge, could be whatever. Uh, but you absolutely, with very minimal uh, uh, effort, can make that car be appealing to the next level of the wholesale chain. So you got to picture this. There's a whole bunch of dealers that are lazy, but they're good at what they do. In other words, they want to buy something ready. They want to sell it to somebody fast, right? They might come and hide if, if somebody comes back with a problem. So that's just the nature of the car business. Or it could be the opposite. You're, you're going to make the car new, even though it's got 122,000 kilometers on it. You follow me? And you overspend on that car, and you're going to make sure the customer's happy for life, a lifetime warranty, and we'll even give you gas if you'd like, right? So the rainbow of differences there, the one thing that remains constant is when you acquire a car, what you can do to it, boom, bang, and boom. You follow me? Sometimes you take 
TDRs out. Sometimes you, you might even paint a wheel, right? You always clean the vehicle because it always, it's very rare a car looks worse clean than it did dirty. It's cases where you got a scraped up silver car that the dirt was hiding half the scrapes that won't buff out because they're through the clear, etc. Right? There's rare cases of that. It is rare. A, a good, a good uh, a buff and scrub. You follow me? Acid and windows. Right? Defunct the interior. Now put that car on whatever your chosen marketplace is, and you've moved it from one class, from a socioeconomic standpoint, you've moved from a lower class to the lower middle class, you see, and therefore your value is more. And then you move to the middle class because you did, you, you did piss in a bumper and you did a couple little odds and ends, you follow me? And you turned it into a different car. Now the eyeballs of that next buyer are attracted to that car where before it was not something that, uh, let's say, fit, fit into their um, 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 and may not have the inclination to bump it up a level or two or three. You follow me? Um, but with just a little tiny bit of attention, um, that's where you build uh, um, wholesale profit. There's nobody on earth that could ever, um, uh, I would say, exemplify that more than what we've done for the past 50 years. That's what we do. We take a car from a regressive user and put it in, it could be a Lexus from a Lexus dealer, but he don't, he can't sell it. He's got too many of them, whatever. And you, you, you recondition it in a way that it's more attractive to someone else who happens to have an inventory uh, uh, need that, and when you put it in front of 42 other people exactly like that, it tends to find its next level of wholesale value. And if you guarantee it, the experience is good for the buyer because, you know, they're not going to have a bad experience when they get the car back. Sounded like that was almost the uh, the walk-off music there, Bob. <laughs> the, uh, See that, Johnny? <laughs> no, that, yeah, sure. that, is, that is so true. And then when you ask too little, you obviously you're going to get too much and, and a combination of everything gets, is why you guys have uh, so many it's, dealers it's, watching your lanes, right? Well, it's it's what that, but it has nothing to do with our software, Sean. That, that's where the pricing comes in. In other words, and understanding, you know, what we say as a regressive user, a, a trade value as opposed to a auction value, where you're actually looking to get, you know, the to to to, to find the best end user for that VIN. You, you see, so you you will never see someone who asks too much actually not wind up no-sailing half their cars and uh, uh, actually being frustrated with the wholesale process. You see successful people setting cars on their money and allowing the piranha effect to, to actually take place. This is just something that's not even questionable or you know, there's an alternative theory behind it, right? If you look at the most successful, highest percentage, highest volume sellers in the world, uh, that's the modus operandi. It's, there's just no way to get around it. You see what I'm saying to you, Sean? It's all part of a 360 of how you look at, how you value, how you communicate, and how you uh, uh, exhaust those vehicles, wholesale or retail. It's part of the process, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I love just the recap today. Uh, your bank account doesn't matter if you're buying for wholesale or retail. That's just great. Uh, the disconnect between sales and service, you know, using the soup can and the string method has got to get in you know, into every dealership just for the mm -hmm. mere acquisition opportunities. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think finishing off at how Accutrade's got your back and your front is a very, very good way to end today. So I want to thank everyone for joining uh, the Bindle with Robert Holland said. And then next week, we've got a whole bunch of other questions to talk about. Thank you, Shawnee. Have fun, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.